You're listening to the Weekly Parsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel 5782. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Mikates, and it's also Hanukkah, of course. So hopefully we'll be able to share a thought related to Hanukkah. And Mikates always falls out, this Parsha, which is the release of Yosef Atzadik from jail, where he climbs to a great height in his ability to affect the world. This is always being read as we are in the middle of Hanukkah holiday. So clearly, when Chazal set up the Parshas this way, it was to teach us something. So let's see if we can garner something from what the Measure teaches us in our Parsha, and if we can understand something as it relates to Hanukkah. The verse tells us that, that Yosef, as we saw in last week's Parsha, he was in jail. He'd been in jail for 10 years. At that point in time, he met the Saramashkin, the Sarah Oifim, these two officers of Paro. Saramashkin ultimately was going to be the one who would bring him out of jail because he remembers the dreams that Yosef was able to interpret. So, but it would take another two years, and we'll see what exactly, it's a machlokis actually in the Midrashim, so we all know the classic idea that Rashi says that because he put too much faith in a human being, Nasar Mashkim, as a result, so he was in jail for another two years. So we'll see that that's the opinion of the second Medrash. But in the first Medrash, it seems to be, at least according to the Yitzhi Yosef, that it was just, it was just a certain amount of time that Yosef had to be in jail. There was a certain amount of time that he had to be under the boot, so to speak, of evil. And that time was at the Miketz Shonsayim Yom, the end of that time. Miketz means the end. The end of that time was after these two two extra years, two more years. The Medrash tells us that, it brings a verse, a Pasuk in Eiv, chapter 28, verse 3, Ketz Sam The verse says that God brings an end. There's a set, the word Ketz means an end. It also is the Lashon of Liktzotz, uh, which means to cut, meaning there's a there's a very clear defined ending when it comes to evil. The darkness, which is representative of evil, has a certain set amount of time that is given rain. And the end of the verse, the Marzu quotes, God checks out. He's aware of, he's involved in the end of everything. There's a stone which we'll see the stone refers to the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. And there's darkness, and there's the shadow of death. That's the end of the verse. So now the Medrash, Darshans try to understand what is this verse coming to teach us. It's, it's teaching us a general idea. Before speaking about Yosef HaTzadik and his challenge and his redemption, which is implicit in the entire story where he's released from jail, and ultimately he helps his brothers, provides for them the food that they need, also helps them do tshuva for the sin that they committed. There's also an aspect, as we know, Chazal tell us that, everything that occurred to Yosef, to Joseph, also occurred to Tzion, which is Jerusalem, which is Zion. The word Yosef is 156, the Gematria. The word Tzion is also 156. So, the Medrash tells us that just like when it came to Yosef, as we'll soon see, 
So he was released at a certain special time, a predetermined time. The end of his suffering came. So too, when it comes to the suffering of this world, the gullus, the exile that we find ourselves in, the darkness that we find ourselves in, the troubles that we find ourselves in, there is a set end. No troubles are meant to last forever. Hashem said a certain amount of time that there's going to be darkness in the world. What is the understanding of this idea that there's an end for this darkness? What is the darkness? The darkness is the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination. As long as there's an evil inclination in the world, so there's darkness and there's the shadow of death in the world. Tichsiv, as the rest of the verse says, as we saw, quoted in the Marzu, Evan Oifel Vitzalmavis, Evan, the stone, which is a reference to the hard heart, the stony heart that we have as a result of the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, causes darkness and death. But as the first part of the verse says, Ketzam Lachashach, there's an end to this darkness. Nekar Yitzhahara, what happens when the Yitzhahara is uprooted from the world, which is going to happen. Gemara and Sukkah tells us about the fact that when Mashiach comes, when Messiah arrives, so it's, it's the only place in Shas which speaks about Mashiach ben Yosef, the Messiah who comes from Yosef at Tzadik, from Ephraim. Besides for speaking about Mashiach ben Yosef and what, what's it going to look like at the end of days, it speaks about the fact that there, there's a Yetzirah, the evil inclination, that desire within us to do wrong, it will be destroyed. Hashem is going to remove the orla of our hearts, He'll remove that which separates us from other people, that which causes us to not be loving and to not be accepting and to not be connected. It's going to be removed. That's the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, the ego. It will be destroyed. And so with His destruction, with the death of the Yitzhahara, with the death of the ego, will also be the end of darkness and the shadow of death in the world. And I think, this is my own understanding of it, but I believe that the Medrash is coming to teach us perhaps a profound idea that so many times in life we have challenges, there's darkness in our life, the Sahara is with us, he's the evil inclination, our egos are seem to be impenetrable. We can't get past it. The darkness is great. But the Medrash is saying, Kate sam there's always an end there's a set time that that darkness is meant to end. Because God wants us to succeed. He wants us to be all that we can be. And it's only possible through subduing our Yitzhahara, through subjugating, shechting, so to speak, slaughtering our evil inclination. Davar Acher says the Medjush, Ketz sam Not only is this idea that there's an end to darkness true, on a national level for the Jewish people, but it's also true on an individual level, as we said, and specifically for Yosef. Hashem had already predetermined how much time Yosef was going to be in the darkness, in this jail. When that moment in time, everyone was waiting for that moment when that moment in time, so to speak, everyone was waiting. Yosef was waiting for that moment. We, as we read the story, are waiting for that moment. Since that, when that moment came, Chalam Parachalam. When the appointed time to comes, when it comes, 
when that moment arrives, it just takes a snap of a finger. Pyro has a dream. He can't understand what the dream is about. He's disturbed by the dream. Everyone around him is trying to interpret the dream. And the Saramashkim finally remembers after two years that young man who was in the jail with me and explained my dream. So the darkness has a certain amount of time, a set amount of time. And the Gullus, as we saw, the, the exile of the Jewish people, the redemption of the, of the Jewish people happens in a moment. Right? Even though, of course, we've seen through the last 70 years or so, we've seen an incredible growth of the Jewish people within the land of Israel and return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. But still, there's going to be a moment in time, which I believe is going to be very soon, perhaps this year, perhaps next year, perhaps in 10 years. But that moment when it comes, there's a snap. The Kates comes, the end comes, and boom, everything flips over, everything changes. It switches from darkness, subjugation, we're dependent on the nations of the world, we're dependent on, on you know, there's all these challenging situations that we find ourselves in, people who want to destroy us. Everything flips over in a moment. It's a hard, the evil inclination is destroyed. And the whole world becomes a different place. The Jewish people are redeemed, and with them, all of mankind. So that's the first concept here. And let's see the next the next section. So in this in this first section, we see that Yosef. It seems we don't seem to see that the reason that he spent another two years in jail was because he had done something wrong. That's what we're going to see in the next section. But in this section, as Yosef explains, the there was no sin per se of Yosef that caused him to be stuck in jail for two more years. But rather, there was a set amount of time. He was supposed to be in jail for 12 years. When the moment came, that that time was ended, when it ended, he was released from jail, and the the cogs started turning to bring him out. Next piece in the Medrash. And this is really interesting, because we're used to the concept, but the Medrash says it in a very deep way, and a very applicable way for us. So the verse says it was at the end of two years. Brings the Medrash the verse in Mishlei in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. The Pasuk says that in all sadness there should be added. We'll see what this means in a moment. And the matters of the lips should be diminished. What does this mean? What's this sadness? that should be added, that we want to see more of? What is the words of the lips that should be limited? So Shimon Bar Abba says something that is very interesting. He says that when a person drinks hot water versus a person drinking cold water, Shimon Bar Abba says that there's a difference between drinking hot water and cold water and the ramifications of which are, as we'll soon see, that a person who drinks warm water, it's a good idea to warm up the water that you drink and not drink it freezing cold. When a person warms up the, the water, so it has the effect on his bones. It goes down to his core, to his root. And his bones, as we'll see, become white. Which is a good thing. So it's not, uh, before I read the next part, as I'm before I explain, when a person does something which is challenging, right? It's not the easiest thing to heat up water. Today it's quite easy. Stick it in the microwave. But think about things in the times 
100 years ago, 200 years ago, before they had microwaves, before they even had gas ovens. In order to start a fire, you had to gather some wood, you had to light up the fire, to take out a pot, balance it precariously over the fire, maybe in an oven, whatever it is. And it's an effort. To, to warm up water is an effort. But the Medrash is saying that it's worth the effort. That's the Pshat. When a person does something sad, what does sad mean? Sad means something that requires effort because I push against that. I, I push back when it comes to something which requires effort. It's easier for me to sit back and, and not do anything. But the gain that I have from something that requires effort is very great. However, when it comes to matters of which are superficial, they should be done less. When it comes to something, you know, it's easy for me to check my email, look at my Facebook, watch videos on YouTube, you know, waste time, check my email again, right? Things that don't require effort, things that we're drawn towards easily, I would say by our Yitzhahara, by our evil inclination, those things should be limited. Dvars of Asim are, uh, are uh, it means literally matters of the lips, but it means something that's superficial. Right? The lips are the outermost part of the speech, of, of that which we when we speak. Those matters that are superficial should be done in a limited fashion. There was a particular person who was gathering bones. It's not clear to me exactly why he was doing this, but he was gathering bones. Shimon Bar Abba was his name. When he would see black bones, human bones, he would say that these bones were, these they're black because the people who, who these bones were part of would drink water that was cold. Levon Adumais, if he would find red bones, Ohimer, he would say, these are the bones of those who would drink wine. Levonais, if he would find white bones, he would say that these are the bones of somebody who drank warm water. Okay, so it requires effort to warm up the water, but the results are positive result. And they go down to the atzmius of the person. That's the idea, when I when I do something that's a challenge, when I do something which is not my first inclination, not my evil inclination, but my second inclination, my my yitzatayv, that which my good inclination wants me to accomplish, so that goes down into my etzim, it goes down into my bones. This is a muscle, it's giving us this idea, it goes down to the bones, it makes my bones white. It means that it makes my bones powerful, strong, the color they're supposed to be. Another aspect. An amazing thing. Yosef at Sadik. You know, he had this incredible challenge with Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife wanted, wanted him to be with her. And she tried all of her wiles, couldn't convince him, couldn't get him. And in, in the end, he ended up in jail. And even there, our Chazal tell us, she would come down into the jail to try to get him. She, he would still resist all of her efforts. But what happened? What happened in the end, says the Medrash, is that as a result of all of his hard work, it was, it was tremendously difficult for him to 
constantly have to refuse her. And it wasn't just the year that he was there. It was another 12 years while he was in jail. She constantly was, she was trying to get him. And he constantly refused. And what happens in the end? As the verses tell us, he ends up marrying the daughter of Potiphar. So he had an advantage because of his refusal to do something wrong. Because of his refusal to do something which had a tremendous pull on him. A tremendous pull. Chazal tells us that Potiphar's wife was one of the most beautiful women that ever lived. But because of his resistance and his unwillingness to sin with her, as a result, all of that anguish, tsar, pain that he went through, it was paid off because he ended up marrying this woman's daughter. He ended up marrying the daughter. He ended up, because he didn't do the Aver, didn't have this connection in a forbidden way, he ended up having the connection in a proper way, in a permitted way. But it was the result of his having overcome that Bechol Etzev Yiyamaisa, a person needs to add on, and he's going to have an advantage from the sadness, from the challenge, from the difficulty. But when it comes to the matters of the lips, so it needs to be limited. It causes a limitation here in the Medrashit's understanding. Because he did something with his lips. He listened at this point to his Yetzirah. His Yetzirah said, Hashem's not going to save you. Quick, say something to this guy. He's the guy who's going to save you. Listen to that loud voice. Even though he had not listened to the loud voice with the, the wife of Potiphar for so long. But he did listen to the loud voice which said, Say something, you can get out of jail, this is your ticket out. And according to this Medrash, because he said something, he said, Zichartani, but his kartani, he said two words. As a result, these two years were added on. And as the Mephorshim explained, the end of last week's Parsha is his request to the Saramashkim and the fact that the Saramashkim forgot him. The beginning of our Parsha, which mentions the two years longer that he was in jail, these two concepts are connected. Because he said that, that's why he had two more years in jail. That's how the Medrash is understanding the connection between these verses. An amazing thing. An amazing, powerful thing. When we listen to our Yetzirah, as we've spoken about, but I want to reinforce it and and and, and say it again because we can't hear it enough. I can't hear it enough. When we listen to that powerful voice of our Sahara, it seems in the moment that we're going to get something from it. it. Seems we'll have some advantage from it, but it's a disconnect. It's a disconnect from Hashem. When we listen to the quiet voice of the Yetzirah, which is much harder to listen to on the surface of things, but actually it's not so hard once we get used to it. Once we accustom ourselves to it, once we reinforce within ourselves the ability to listen to the quiet voice, the voice of our conscience, to the degree that I listen to that quiet voice, I have ultimate success. It might take a long time. It might take a really long time, but I'm going to have that success. That's what the Medrash is telling us. An amazing thing, a powerful thing, an awesome thing. The contrast between what happened when Yosef listened to his quiet voice, I can't... I can't sin with this woman. The result was amazing result, positive result. 
when he didn't listen to the, the Yetzir Taibu, he said, quiet, don't say anything more, Hashem's going to save you. And instead he listened to the voice which said, you must save yourself. The result was negative. You know, now I want to talk about Hanukkah. Hanukkah, one of the questions that everyone asks is that the mitzvah of Hanukkah is a very small mitzvah. It's just lighting a candle. right? You can be Yotzeh lighting the Hanukkah candles with one candle single candle and that's the whole mitzvah of Hanukkah on Sukkot we have the Lulav and the Esrach on Pesach we have the Matzah and then we have the Karpim Pesach Purim we have the Megillah we have the Shalach Manas we have the Suda Matanas Laviyayim there's so many things to do on Hanukkah there's just one little candle that we light and that's it what is the idea what is the idea behind this little mitzvah, this small mitzvah, which is so powerful? And I think that what we see from this medrash is a hint to it. Because the little candle represents, the, the menorah represents the Torah, the Torah, which is our instructions for life that Hashem gives us. And the menorah is an interesting representation because it's just a little light. It's just a candle. It's just a little light. That's the mitzvah of menorah. Yet, it represents the Torah. And I believe that it's this very concept which we see in the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash, of the Temple, and in the menorah of Hanukkah, which we like to remember that nace, that miracle. And the concept is, this: it's really just a little light. It's such a quiet, quiet little mitzvah. And just like with Yosef, he needed to listen to that quiet, quiet voice and just like before Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives, there's a destruction of that loud, destructive voice of the Yitzhah the evil inclination. And all of a sudden, we hear that quiet voice which has been speaking to us all along. That's what Geula looks like. That's what redemption looks like. You know, say for two years in, in, in this jail, for those two years after he said something to Saramashkim and he was languishing there in jail. It could have been so easy for him to to be like, that's it, it's over. I had one chance. Nothing happened. He could have told he could have listened to that voice of the Yitzhar, and I'm sure it was very loud. But Yosef, as we've seen from the parshas before, Yosef was somebody who was eternally optimistic. He always had Hashem's name on his lips, constantly, constantly knowing that God is with him. That's the quiet voice. That's the little candle. Of Hanukkah, that's the little candle of the Menorah in the base Hamikdash in the Temple, and that's the little candle of our conscience. Chazal referred to the fact that a fetus inside of its mother learns the entire Torah with a malach. And there's a ner doylek al There's a little candle that's lit upon his head. That little candle is the the ner neshama, the light, that little flickering light of our soul. A little flickering light of our conscience, the Torah that we learned inside of our mother's womb, it's still there, speaking to us so quietly. Will we listen to that quiet voice? Can we accustom ourselves to be willing to listen to the quiet voice? That is the message, I believe, of Parshas Miketz, that Yosef had to relearn to listen to the quiet voice, to reinforce that for another two years call it a punishment, we could call it a lesson that had to be learned. And when he listened over and over to that quiet voice, the result was 
amazing positive things became the person he was supposed to be the Ner Hanukkah represents this idea as well that little light that shines in the darkness there's a lot of loud voices a lot of bright lights a lot of screens that have very bright lights that draw us in and there's a little candle of the Hanukkah Menorah which is a very subtle light we need to turn off all those screens our phones, our computers and just look and stare and enjoy the mitzvah of Hanukkah of the Ner Hanukkah which represents the little light the little light of our conscience of spirituality, of Taira that, that message that Hashem gives us in order to live a really good life a really spiritual life a really successful life and I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me Hashem should help us that we should be able indeed to clear out all of the lights, all of those bright lights, all of those pulls, those things that pull on us in order to do things that are wrong. Hashem should help us to be able to listen to that flickering light of our conscience, the light of the Hanukkah Menorah, the light of goodness, the light of Tyra. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.